Hello, and welcome to The World Now. Steve, can you tell us a little bit about The World Now in this project? Yes, Brian. Life exists at the intersection of time and space in the present. Be in the decision zone. Join The World Now. Exactly. And so what are we trying to do? We're trying to help the community, help folks like you, give different kind of tips and advice and have a discussion around things that will benefit you directly and things that you'll be able to take away and put into your day-to-day -day life. So what are we talking about today, Steve? We're talking about <clears throat> the world now. <laughs> We're talking about what we can do for you, what we can do for us. We want to have you as guests on our show, filmed right here in the nerve center of Hollywood District, Portland, Oregon. Portland. <laughs> At my yoga studio every Sunday every Sunday and if you are someplace else in the world we can interview you online also if you'd like to be a host <clears throat> for our show and interview guests in your part of the world in your country wherever you might be we can also do that the world now <clears throat> is a public benefit company doing live broadcasts and also they'll be archived our segment length is 15 to 20 minutes that was perfect. And we want to talk about things that benefit the world, to help the world. What do you think, Brian? That sounds wonderful. But yeah, we, like Steve said, we'd love to have you on our show, ask you some questions, <clears throat> talk about the things that you may potentially be an expert in, and that we can pull that information out and share it with others. Yes. We want you to be free to speak and tell us your story. Tell us your stories. What's important in your life? What makes you really get up and go? What makes your heart burn? Well, heart throb. Yeah, well, I think they have medicine for heartburn, actually. <laughs> oh, that's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> anyway, so our first topic today, we'll be talking about how to celebrate the small successes. I think in mm -hmm. life, we often get very self-critical of ourselves, and we endure a lot of suffering because of that and the way that you can alleviate that suffering and move in a direction that can benefit you emotionally physically in all aspects is by taking a step back and saying wow I made a small progress today that went towards my goal Steve do you have any thoughts about that every step counts towards your goal <clears throat> baby steps <clears throat> big steps sometimes you have to jump big jumps <laughs> Don't be afraid to take the plunge. That's what I think. Just keep going. That's a, that's the main thing. Keep going. And, so, and have fun. And try to help people around you. So, Steve, when you take these big plunges and you go on these goals, how do you celebrate after you've completed a task? <clears throat> well, I thank God I'm alive every day. I, took, <clears throat> I had a motorcycle accident when I was one year older than you. When I was 25 or 24. Now I'm almost 65. So... Mm -hmm hit a car head-on on my motorcycle. I'm very happy to be alive and I celebrate every moment of life. And I'm grateful to be here. I always want to help other people, to help all living beings, all animals, the whole planet, the whole universe. So I'm here to help. I'm grateful to be here. That's how I celebrate. That's beautiful, Steve. Oh. What, I, what I enjoy about that is actually ink 
the organization that writes a lot of articles. They have an mm -hmm. article called Why You Must Celebrate Small Successes. And yours talking about celebration and thankfulness of life is actually number five on the list. Ah. Number one is setting goals. And it says, I think a lot of us set a big goal. We say, hey, this is what I want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. But having the smaller goals and then celebrating the smaller ones is very important. Number two is to celebrate. Obviously, we've already talked about that. And number three is tell others. So when you've accomplished something, let others know, and they can give you that feedback and continue hmm. to push you in that direction. What do, you, what do you think about telling others about your successes? Well, when I hit the car head-on with the 100-mile-an-hour impact, I was going 50 miles an hour, and the car was going 50 miles an hour. Yeah. Actually, I didn't hit the car. I went over the top of the car. Hit the front bumper of the car. I flew over the top of the car. Wait, let me check. <coughs> You're alive? Oh, yes. Okay. But so the neighbor came out, threw a blanket over me, and asked me if I was okay. That's when I, I, how I can answer your question. Wait, what were the speeds and how? What was the velocity you, you flew over the handlebars and? <clears throat> well, the car was coming at me, and the driver was not paying attention. <clears throat> his car was on the actually a little over the center line, so part of his car was in my lane. I was about a foot over in his lane. I was going too fast. <clears throat> I was a student at Portland State University in pre-med. Was thinking about my classes, and I was just, you know, rolling along on my motorcycle, no helmet, no gloves. Jeans, T-shirt, tennis shoes. And a wet road was really oily, and I saw the car. The car doesn't see me. And I've already got the bike leaned over as far as it's going to go before I know it's going to slide out from underneath me. It's a wet, oily road in October 1977. So I made a snap decision. Something inside me said, straighten the bike out and aim it right at the car. And that saved my life. That decision I made at the moment of truth. And so when I, <clears throat> I straightened the bike out, hit the car head on, there's a huge flash. My whole field of vision turned bright red. And there's a huge bang. And then I felt like I was being held like this with pure love around me. And I felt like flying, I was flying through space because I flew over the top of the car, over the handlebars. And I, the only mark on me, any damage, was a bruise on each knee where I probably hit the handlebars. And then I was sitting down on the pavement, <clears throat> facing backwards, and saw the car with the wheels going and black smoke coming out, and I thought, hit and run. <laughs> but he'd panicked and hit the accelerator. But I knew I was all right. <clears throat> I knew I broke my back. I just sat down too hard, and I laid back down. Does that answer your question? So many questions. <laughs> I've just come out of that. Well, the first impact, all, impact I just, it was a glancing blow, kind of over the top. I think the first thing that jumps out for me is pain levels. Did, did you feel the pain right away? <clears throat> I didn't. I was in shock. I knew immediately I broke my back. I felt, I, I'm not kidding, I mean, I felt all this love. And I also felt at the moment of impact, there was a decision being made whether I was going to be alive or dead. And I wanted to live. So I clearly remember that I wanted to be alive. And I have embraced life my whole life, but especially since then, <laughs> because I almost lost my life. I was laying on the ground for a while. A neighbor came out, threw a blanket over me, asked me if I was okay. I said, yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> and then after about a half an hour, the ambulance showed up. They thought I had a broken back, which, or maybe paralyzed. I did have a broken back. So I had to have five vertebrae fused. I was in the hospital for five weeks. And then again in surgery a couple months later, 
I had a, a brace on. I had five vertebrae fused to my mid to lower back. So I was in pain for nine years afterwards. Nine years. And you kept riding your motorcycle, right? No, I didn't. <laughs> I stopped riding the motorcycle after that. That was my second accident. My first one was a broken leg. So I, I do learn. And you know, I, I did ride a few times just to make sure I wasn't afraid. But I, then I realized it's a little dangerous out in traffic. Well, as the saying goes, Steve, <laughs> what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Right? <laughs> I'm not. A, you know, I will ride. I'm not afraid to ride motorcycles. I just decided that I'd probably uh, had maybe uh, it'd be wiser not to. So yeah. your celebration <laughs> for me, of just six... for me. I love bikes. I love riding motorcycles. I would ride one again. I have no problem with it. So your celebration of success, yeah, was living. Absolutely, I, I love this life. It's so beautiful. In every respect, when I see people, I see a diamond state inside of them. I see their, their soul. And same thing with animals and all the different life forms we have, the insects, everything. And I see beauty. And that's what I celebrate is that essence, that person or animal or situation. And I try to do my best to help everybody in every moment that I'm here alive. Did you say Diamond State? Diamond State, forged by great pressure. In the said, crucible of life, forged by blows, heat, fire. <laughs> Does that come back to the suffering that we were talking about earlier, being self-critical? and I, it, the, So the Diamond State is within you? Is that what you're alluding to? The, we uh, are all beautiful, all perfect. I mean, I, I really think that life experiences teach you to be a better person. And each blow that you receive helps you to be a better person. It helps you to be stronger. And when you've been hurt, when someone hurts you, yeah, it hurts. It hurts your heart. But when you come out of it, maybe you're going to be kinder to other people and realize that, oh, that's what it feels like to be hurt. I don't really like that feeling. Maybe it would be nicer if I didn't do that to other people. You know, <laughs> just a thought. I hear you, Steve. Yeah. I hear you. So, and then the number yeah. four step yeah. after telling others and getting them excited and getting them mm -hmm. on, on track is thinking back to why you started your goal in the first place. Because I think a lot of times we get head first in something, start accomplishing a few things, mm -hmm. and you have no idea what the direction is and you have uncertainty. But if you can reflect back, a lot of people have a mission statement or a theme or an idea in mind mm -hmm. of. What was the driving factor for everything in the beginning? And I think that helps motivate you to continue to accomplish more goals. What, what do you think, Steve? Well, <laughs> that's a lot. It, sometimes it's hard to know in the heat of the moment exactly what's happening and where you're going. In the climbing world, for example, I've been frightened, so frightened that I had to erase all thought of whether I was going to make it to the top or not, or if I was going to make it in the next moment. I had to erase everything from my mind except the next move, the next step. This is, for example, when I climbed uh, Sacagawea face in the Wallawa uh, Mountains. When I, you know, we were going up the Matterhorn to explore a, a long lost pit and we had full caving gear, ropes with us and climbing a um, 2,000 foot cliff. And I remember that the rock I was on 
was shaking because it was broken up. They call them chimneys. Mm-hmm. And it was igneous rock coming out of the limestone face. And it was actually broken up. It's a long story, but I remember I had to just focus on only the moment right now because I couldn't think about, am I going to get hit by a rock? Am I going to make it to the top? Am I going to fall? Well, the most important thing not to fall is just what you're doing right now, that don't slip in this step, the next move. So that just each climbing move is where it's at. Does that answer your question? And more. (laughs) Don't worry about the future. Just take care of the present, and maybe you'll make it to the top, or you might have to back down, but at least you're still alive. So so much point that, uh, so much precision in every step. But yeah, in any failed step up there, you it, pay for it. It, and... ta- it taught me what was important. And when I got up to the top, it was about three feet wide, and there was actually it was a three thousand foot climb. It was two thousand feet on the other side. The other side was something called the Hurwald Divide, and I saw a mountain goat, like a little, little mountain goat. <laughs> it was the only living thing. It was like a moonscape. And then I saw my partner had decided to, we had an argument on the way up and he went around a buttress and, you know, like the big rock thing that was sticking out from the face. And he went the right way, I went the wrong way. I decided to go straight up and my, my way was, there's no way I was going back down the same way. It was just impossible. So I had to go over to where he was. That was the most frightening thing I've ever gone through because you're on a knife-like ridge that drops 2,000 feet on one side and 3,000 feet on the other. Anyway, I made it because I'm here. <clears throat> what? That's two near death uh, <laughs> experiences. Trip. Yeah, two, that's true. Two near death experiences. Yes, that's true. That was in um, 1992, that expedition. I have so an account you, of it on my website. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So, as you were struggling yeah. for your life, I was being born. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> How about that? There's still time. The cliff is still there, Brian. It's waiting uh, for you. I'm going to stay far away. You've, you've convinced <laughs> me. So the next step in the eight steps that they provide, or yeah. the seven steps that this article provides, uh-huh. is that you never truly ar- arrive. And I don't know how I completely wrap my head around this. Because a lot of times you have an idea of where you want to get to. Mm-hmm. And I think as a society, we watch a movie or you see an advertisement that's just going to happen like this. You wake up and you're successful. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then once you hit that success, that's it. No. A lot of these guys, you actually do see musicians. A lot of times they do have a level of success. And what happens to them? Well, they don't set more goals of where they want to get to. So they get complacent and they might fall into drugs. Might do whatever it right. is. It's true. And they might take their own life because they felt cheated by where they got to, right? Well, gosh, I hope not. Life is precious. I think path and goal are the same. Every step is your goal. Just like on the climbing expedition that I was on, I knew that to to stay alive, I had to focus my attention only in the moment and not think about what was behind me, which is certain death, (laughs) dropping down the cliff. (laughs) Because I was free climbing. I had no belay. My partner was clear on the other side of a, of a rock face. I didn't even know if he was still alive. We'd separated about 1,200 feet from the top. Or 800 feet. I think it was 800 feet from the top. We'd separated. That's a, that's a lot of space. Yeah. And so I didn't know where he was. And, and then when I saw him, he was like a little dot. He was like, you know, like 
come on, you know. <laughs> and I had I had a, a ways to go. Sam Loomis was my climbing partner. Good friend of mine. He'll remember everything. Whole story. I think it's at that point so that the you're point supposed is to have your little so lamb <laughs> horn, and you're supposed to blow into it, and then it, it, he'll be able to acknowledge you. We made it down. We made the biggest fire, We and we, we had coffee, and we drank our coffee, and we were so glad to be alive. That was quite an experience. We were out there for seven days and seven nights on a backpacking expedition, and we were so happy that we didn't fall. So to answer your question, path and in my mind, path and goal are the same. If you're successful on your life path, then your goal has been met. So every step of your journey is also your goal. And when you get there, you'll get there. If you don't get there, you're still on the path. You're always there. Maybe that sounds confusing. Wherever there's no mistakes in life, wherever you are at the moment is the correct place for you. Yeah, That's you're it. right. You're right where pretty you need, simple. You're right where you need to be. <laughs> so not to worry. So if you're listening to yeah. this podcast, <laughs> that's right where you need to be. Hey, come and be with us. We welcome you on our website, theworldnow.info. Theworldnow.info. There's a form to fill out to be a guest, and a form to fill out if you'd like to be a host. And please contact us. We would love to hear from you. I think that sums it up. Okay. Thank you for joining us. And just a quick recap on those eight steps of celebrating success is setting goals, big and small, taking the time to celebrate, whether that's, I don't know, taking yourself out to dinner or just internally in your mind saying, hey, good job. Acknowledging mm -hmm. the improvement, telling other people about your success that you've had, thinking about your why, where did it all come from in the beginning, mm -hmm. Feeling lucky, appreciation, which you've heard a couple stories about why Steve <laughs> well, <laughs> is happy to be alive today, and that you never really truly arrive. Goal and path. You're arrived if same. you're on the path, you've arrived on your path. <laughs> yeah. If you're still alive, there's more to do. You're right where you need to be. <laughs> the world. Now. Exactly. Namaste.